listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Hello and welcome to Pet Life Radio and Six Figure Dog Business. I'm your host, Ty Brown of SixFigureDogBusiness.com. Now this is the show where we teach you how to start or grow your pet-related business to a healthy six-figure per year or more profit. Now today on the show, I'm excited because we've got a guest who you would have never guessed for our field, for our industry. But he's going to share some information that could potentially help you get sales on demand. So stay tuned. I'm going to be right back with Lenny Gray. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Swipe It's a revolutionary new product that literally swipes away cat hair from virtually any surface. You know, most of us struggle with a roller or vacuum cleaner to clean up cat hair, but anyone who has tried either of these knows they just don't work very well. But Swipe It's patent pending glove has a magnetic-like quality that removes cat hair from almost everything. And best of all, Swipe It's is machine washable, so you can use it over and over again. To order, just visit SwipeIt's.com. That's S-W-I-P-E-T. Yes, a simple solution for shedding. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, and we're back. And so first off, Lenny, let me give you a big welcome. Thanks for taking the time with us this morning. Glad to be here, Ty. I want to spend all the time making sure that you're giving us your pearls of wisdom here, but uh, I wanted to give a brief mention on how I came across you, because you live just down the road from me here in Utah, and I had no idea, but uh, the other day I was speaking with one of my neighbors. My neighbor's got a great big house, some awesome cars. Every year they take a month and they go off to Mexico, and I'm asking him what he does, and he says, oh, well, you know, I do exteriors. I, uh, you know, um, we do roofing and exteriors. He's a contractor, and I was like, oh, wow, that's great, you know, because a lot of contractors been suffering these past few years and he's been doing great. And so I asked him what his secret is and he says, I've been knocking doors. <laughs> and he says, I've been knocking doors for years. You know, I live here in Utah, which is the Mecca of door knocking. And I'm like, this is an amazing idea. No one's ever thought of doing this for dog training or pet sitting or dog walking or anything like that. I have to find the expert. So I went digging. I got a book by Lenny Gray. We'll talk more about your book here in a little bit. Found out you live just down the road from me and was thrilled that you were able to uh, share with us your wisdom on door knocking today. So can you give us a brief bio on who you are and and what you've done? Sure. Yeah, I've actually uh, been in the door knocking industry, you could say, for 16 years now. I started while I was in college knocking doors in the summer, trying to make a little extra money and come to find out I was really good at it. So uh, after college, I started my own company. Been going 11 years now, my business partner and I. In fact, in three years, we started a, a branch in Utah. And in three years, we grew to the largest residential pest control company in the, in the nation. And uh, since then, we've grown seven other branches throughout the United States. I've trained literally hundreds of door-to-door sales reps 
uh, over the years in 30 some odd states. And uh, yeah, then I, I wrote the book. I figured I, I was about wrapped up with my door-to-door activities and figured I'd, I'd share my, my knowledge and wisdom. That's awesome. I'm halfway through the book and I've got to say, even if people are never going to knock a door, there's tons of great just sales information in there. Let me ask you this, because in reading your book, I'm, I'm hearing some cool stories and whatnot. Are you comfortable sharing back in your days of door knocking? What was like the biggest commission you ever made in a day? You know, it was, uh, strangely enough, July 4th in the year yeah. 2000, so many moons ago. And uh, I was knocking doors. I started really early one morning. Uh, my wife and I had plans that evening to attend a fireworks show on the beach and kind of enjoy the holiday. Well, come to find out, everybody was home on the 4th of July. They were in great moods. And I had sold 23 pest control accounts, you could say, that day, so far as I know, an industry record. Probably made you know, around $5,000 in commission in that one day. So I, I have to admit, we missed the fireworks show. Didn't really tell my wife that uh, I had done so well. She was pretty upset until she asked, and then, then she forgave me. So <laughs> She forgave you when she got the commission check, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, that was, uh, that was a nice little uh, surprise for her. So. That's awesome. Well, you know, I think a lot of people picture themselves out knocking on doors, and they think, oh, I'm terrified. Me personally, I've done a lot of door knocking in my days for various, uh, as a missionary for my church, as, um, you know, in, in past sales jobs when I was a kid, and I've done a lot, and to think of doing it today, I'm terrified of doing it. What's the toughest sale that you ever came by? You know, the toughest situation that you ever came by in your door knocking career? Yeah, I think, Ty, because I've done it for so long, I've probably seen every situation at least twice, if not more. And uh, I remember this one instance that always stick with me. It was, it was semi-unique. I was in California knocking doors. Just a real grumpy man, you know, kind of an older gentleman. He kind of cracked the door open just barely. I, could, I remember just seeing one of his eyes and a nostril. That's basically what I could see. And he kind of uh, snarls at me and says, hey, what do you want? And knowing as part of my book as I teach mirroring and, and some of these things that we do, I, I kind of snarled back at him. I had actually talked to a neighbor down the, the street that uh, they were having some black widow issues. So I'd kind of snarled back and I said, well, hey, you're going to want to hear what I have to say here. And uh, we've got some black widow situations going on, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And, and as I continued to talk slowly but surely, that door from just that small crack just continued to open up. And before I knew it, he was out on the porch with me and signing up for a pest control service. So that was, uh, that was kind of an interesting one. I, I don't get that a ton, but uh, we kind of pulled a 180 on in that situation. Yeah. And so I, you own a pest control company, but I know that you've worked with other industries in the past. What other industries have you worked with as far as door-to-door sales? You know, in door-to-door specifically, I've worked in lawn care and pest control, window washing, uh, a variety of home security. I really think the vision of my book was not necessarily, uh, even though it's, it's catered to a door-to-door audience, realistically, what I've found that's been interesting is I've sold books all over the world now, is the people that are responding back are saying, hey, you know, I don't have anything to do with door-to-door, but, you know, I'm an attorney and this helps me in, in a court situation, uh, or I'm a, a business owner and as I communicate with my, my employees, this has been really helpful, or hey, I'm a, I'm a husband or I'm a dad and, or I'm a mom and I'm a, uh, you know, a wife and, and this really helps me, this communication that you teach really helps me in my, my communication with my kids or my spouse or, or whatever the case may be. So it's, uh, like I said, I think the book translates into a variety of different situations, mm-hmm. but specifically in door-to-door, like I said, I mean, I, I really zeroed in on, on what it takes to, to be successful and just 
the opportunity of selling something to somebody, a product or some kind of a service. Okay. Well, and, and that brings up a good point because those that are listening to this are more than likely in the service business. We're talking dog trainers, groomers, pet sitters, dog walkers, veterinarians. So I know you've never worked in the pet industry, but do you see, or, you know, just uh, because of your expertise, do you see if there's any parallels there between what our industry does and the things that you guys have sold? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, you know, I'm convinced that you can sell just about anything door to door. As you said, one of the biggest hurdles people have to overcome is just that fear because it's very easy to sit in a store or to put out some advertising and wait for people to come to you. But the very ambitious folks, the folks like your neighbor you had mentioned that do really well know that it takes getting out of your comfort zone. It takes going out and being being a little nervous and a little scared, that's okay. But again, getting out of that comfort zone and going to try to to corral people to come to you rather than you expecting them to, to come to you. You have to go out and get them. So there is a little bit of fear there. But again, I, I think in, the, uh, in any type of situation, any type of business opportunity, there's a window there that, uh, that probably not a lot of people are utilizing and could be a big differentiator in, in you being more successful within your own business, even in the pet industry. Okay. I want to hit on one thing you said, because you said that it's your belief that just about anything can be sold door to door. Um, now, we all know, because we've all seen the demographics, that almost half of people in the United States own dogs. And so obviously, there's a big market out there. You know, probably every other door you're going to uh, knock, you know, would have a dog behind it. So it seems like it would be primed. Our industry would be primed for selling door to door. But let me ask you, just from a, a primarily a business and a mathematics standpoint, is there some sort of customer value? Is there some sort of margin you like to see when you're evaluating to see just how feasible it would be to go door to door with a product or a service? You know, the nice thing is with so many different industries that I've even worked in, that value, you can sell products. I mean, when you're talking about home automation or security, solar, uh, which is really hot right now, those type of industries, you're talking about thousands of dollars that people are committing to, that mm -hmm. door-to-door sales people are selling, where maybe on the low end, you know, the neighborhood boy mowing the lawns or, you know, washing windows that might be 30 to to $100. And so really, any industry that falls in a, such a wide scope of, of range of cost would be applicable to, to being conducive to having success at knocking doors or being able to sell something if it's more of a, a high-end type of a product or maybe it's just something basic and simple, maybe mm -hmm. on the lower end of cost. Gotcha. Well, you know, I'll tell you, just talking with my neighbor, because I was thinking about doing it, I was like, well, wait, how many, you know, how many sales could I make if I go out for four or five hours? And, and in talking with my neighbor, he's selling home renovations and remodels. And he says, I will consistently get at least one to two leads per hour. And I'm thinking contractors kill for a lead. You know, and this guy can go out and on demand create leads. Is that fairly typical that if you have the right offer, if you have the right product, the right service that you can go out and boom, you can create demand you know, from, from nothing? For sure. For sure. And that's the best part of being a business owner or being somebody who's ambitious and, and wants to increase their revenue is that if you take those steps to go out of your comfort zone a little bit and just go out and try to, you know, generate that interest, generate leads, whatever the case may be, it doesn't take long till you can really start to figure in that, hey, if I spend X amount of time doing this, I can generate X amount of leads or revenue or, or sales or whatever the case may be. And, and really, there's, a, there's kind of a science to it once you get down your pitch and you get down how you say what you say and when you say it. 
Gotcha. Well, a big part of your book talks about technique. And so what I want to do is I'm going to take a quick break here. But when you come back, I'm going to pick your brain a little bit on just what kind of technique we can be using, whether it's door-to-door or just regular sales. So stay right with us, folks. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Every pet is unique. Maybe they're gray in the muzzle, yet young at heart. Maybe they're growing out of the puppy stage and into their paws and ears. Or maybe they're just trying to maintain a more girlish figure. At PetSmart, we have the right food for your pet at a great value for you. PetSmart. Be better together. Go to PetSmartDeal.com and save up to 30% on awesome gifts for the pets and pet people in your life. Toys, collars, leashes, PetSmart gift cards, treats, and more. Go to PetSmartDeal.com today. P-E-T-S-M-A-R-T-D-E-A-L.com. Dyson. The new Dyson Animal Backs are powerful bagless upright vacuums for homes with pets. Air muscle and radio root cyclone technology generates the strongest suction power to powerfully remove dust, dirt, and pet hair from the home or car. To order your Dyson Animal Vac, go to DysonDeals.com. DysonDeals.com to order your Dyson Animal Vac today. Dyson. Music to your ears. Hi, I'm Dr. Jeff Werber from Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio. We want to hear from you. Listen in. We're on every Thursday, 1 o'clock Pacific Time, 4 o'clock Eastern Time here on PetLifeRadio.com. We are one of the only live shows on Pet Life Radio, and I'm here to answer your questions. You can call in at 877-385-8882, or you can drop me an email to drjeff at PetLifeRadio.com, and hopefully we'll see you here on Thursdays. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, and we're back, and we are with Lenny Gray, and Lenny Gray is opening up his vault here and sharing with us exactly, you know, some of the secrets he's learned over years of door-to-door sales. Like I was saying earlier, I'm reading your book, and one of the things I really like that's coming across is the type of attitude. Now, again, I mentioned this earlier. I'm afraid, you know, the, the thought of going out there and getting rejected door after door after door after door makes me afraid. What do you tell your salesman when you're training them on how to deal with that? Well, I think the best door-to-door salespeople have two things going for them. They have the thickest skin and a bright mind, I would say. And what I mean by that is that, number one, they don't let rejection bother them. They realize it's part of the game. It's part of sales. And despite having 99 different rejections in a row, that 100th door, they have to be convinced that that's the person that's going to buy from them. So they very thick skin. And by brightest mind, what I mean is that every customer interaction, I don't walk away from an interaction without logging something in my mind 
of what I learned from that experience. And maybe it's something a customer said and how I interacted with them, how I answered a question. Maybe it's something that they did uh, non-verbally that either gave me a buying sign or maybe it gave me something that uh, proved to me that it wasn't going to work out with that particular customer. So it's just a constant battle of, again, being thick-skinned and having an open mind to learn from each interaction. Okay. Now, let me ask you this, going a little bit deeper onto the topic of attitude, what would you say to somebody who is maybe considering door-to-door, maybe in our industry, they're considering door-to-door, but they've got this attitude, maybe this preconceived notion that, ah, you know, door-to-door guys, those guys are slimy, those guys, you know, they, they're thieves. I mean, you know, someone that might have this negative connotation already of door-to-door, how do you combat that? Yeah, and that's the case. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to to write my book, uh, Door-to-Door Millionaire is what it's called, just to really debunk those stereotypes that, you know, door-to-door salespeople are these silver-tongued, slick-talking, snake-oil salesman types, because that's not the case. There is a set of skills and techniques that if you learn, it's really just about how to communicate with people, how to read their verbal and nonverbal cues. I mean, just how to, to go about creating an environment that will get the people that you're talking to wanting to buy what you're selling. And so it's really just learning these skills and these techniques that really kind of flush away any of these maybe preconceived notions of what door-to-door salespeople are all about. Okay. Now, let me get a little bit deeper into the nuts and bolts here because uh, you talk about 45 seconds. Now, what you're talking about is 45 seconds at the door to grab somebody's attention, but I think it's the same thing on a website. You know, you've got just a few seconds to grab somebody's attention. I think it's the same thing uh, if we want to build a partnership with a veterinarian so that they give us referrals. We go in, we've just got a few seconds to grab their attention. So what is this concept that you talk about with 45 seconds? Yeah, what it is, uh, I call it the initial approach. It's really that first impression, like you said, the first 45 seconds that you have with somebody. I'm a big fan of when I teach sales technique is to not, at that first interaction, to not go more than 45 seconds without turning the conversation over to the customer by asking them a question. If you continue to ramble and ramble and ramble, it it just, it makes the sale more and more difficult. So to me, it's those first 45 seconds, which I break down into four pretty simple parts of explaining who you are, why you're there, what you're offering, and then some type of what I call a conversational close. A lot of times, one of the tricks of the trade with sales is a really good salesperson knows how to ask the right questions. Most mistakes that are being made by new or inexperienced uh, door-to-door salespeople or salespeople in general are, are very, you know, yes-no type oriented questions. So, you know, you go through your pitch, who you are, what you're offering, why you're there, and then you say, so is that something you're interested in? And then, of course, most of the time you're going to hear, no, not really, and then you're done. You know, the sale's over, whereas a conversational close gets the the potential customer to open up, to talk a little bit. And so maybe you're asking a question like, you know, how long have you lived in the area? You know, something simple to just generate some kind of a, a conversational piece rather than just you're, you're moving in for the kill those first 45 seconds. So a very important, the most important probably aspect of door-to-door sales is, is those first 45 seconds, making that good first impression and having a conversation with somebody rather than coming across as somebody who's just trying to make a pitch and make a sale. Okay. Let me recap that because like I say, I think um, this applies to a website. I think this applies to any sort of conversation. You mentioned four things. What were they again? Who you are? Could you repeat that? I'm sorry. Yeah, you bet. Who are you? Why are you there? What are you offering? And then a conversational close. Okay. Okay. Excellent. 
let me get a little bit deeper here because once you've done that, you know, you've done the conversational close. Ideally, you're getting them talking. Ideally, you didn't give them a yes, no question where they can just shut you down. You talk about qualifying. What does qualifying mean and how do you do it? Well, to me, qualifying is the biggest time saver that you, you have in door-to-door or in sales in general. Basically, what qualifying does is it helps you to determine whether the person standing in front of you is a likely candidate to buy your product or service. And if they're not, it's a quick way, if they're, they haven't qualified for your time, for you just to excuse yourself and move on to the next opportunity. So there's four basic qualifiers that I've identified that have been consistent. In all the thousands and thousands of sales I've made over the years, four things have been present. It might just be one of the four or two of the four. I mean, at least one of these four qualifiers has been present during the course of all the sales that I've been involved in. Those being, number one, when somebody asks, how much is it? If they ask and how much something costs, to me, that's a qualifier where there's a level of interest. Now, maybe a small level of interest, certainly, but at least there's a level of interest there. Second being, how does it work? You know, they want to know whatever it is that you're selling, how it works or what it does. If they have some kind of an interest in that, that to me is another qualifier. Third, if they already have what you're offering. You know, if you're going to, to somebody's house and you're offering, you know, a maid cleaning service, for instance, and they say, oh, we already have somebody coming in. Well, that's, they're qualified. You know, they already see the value in what you're offering and you could have a, you know, a conversation there. And then finally, again, in, I would say in the pet world, which is nice as opposed to some industries, if you're walking down the street and you see some indications of somebody having a dog, that's perfect. They're qualified. They have exactly what you need. Or if you're in the pest control industry and you notice anthills in the yard or spider webs in the eaves, I mean, that's, that's an automatic qualifier there as, as well as that you've, you've seen that they need what it is that you're selling. And so as you're qualifying and as you're, like you mentioned, you're trying to make max use of your time, be effective with your time. I'm sure this is the part where you start getting objections and things like that. What are some ways that you can overcome those? You know, in a lot of respect, there's several, and I I do dive into these in my book. There are several objections that I would say come up about 75 to 80% of the time. They're the same ones. And so I, I might defer to my book a little bit to not give everything away, but some of those main objections that you just hear time and time again is, is, you know, hey, my spouse isn't here. How do you deal with that when you're talking to one spouse and the other one isn't there? Or, hey, we don't have money for that. You hear that all the time. You know, this isn't in our budget. How do you overcome that? Or when people say, well, come back, you know, in two weeks or three weeks, how do you do that? Or, hey, just leave me your business card. How do you overcome those just common concerns are, uh, again, answered really well and really thoroughly throughout the book. But again, knocking doors, you do typically hear the same thing over and over again. So it's a matter of practice and repetition and feeling comfortable with how you respond and overcome those common concerns that that seem to fill your day. In hearing the same thing over and over again, I'm guessing, seeing as you've uh, trained hundreds and hundreds of salespeople over the years, that you've seen quite a few salesperson mistakes. So if someone's looking to maybe cut to the front of the line and say, okay, yeah, I want to give this a try. I'm going to take two or three afternoons in this coming month and see what I can do in selling dog training or whatever. What are some of the biggest mistakes that you've seen made by salespeople that you could help people avoid by not making them? Yeah, the the biggest, I would maybe put it into three... I would say there's three big mistakes or most common mistakes that I see as I'm observing these salespeople in, in action, so to speak. First of all would be a lack of energy. Uh, I have a section of my book called Be a Seven, 
And I, I always uh, relate it to the volume on, say, a stereo, where 10 is the loudest kind of over the top and one, you can barely hear it. To me, seven is that perfect number. Most salespeople, as I go out with, they're about a four or five. And a four or five is probably how most people are just in their normal interaction at home or at work. Or, and to be honest, I'm, I'm probably a three or a four in my just day-to-day how I am, just my personality. I'm pretty reserved and I just like to to watch people and observe rather than be at the forefront and loud and and boisterous. And and I think most most salespeople, they get on the doors and in a sales environment and they're just at four or five and they're just quite frankly boring. So you've got to bring a little energy, but not too much energy, which I, I see every now and again, there's more fault on the too little energy versus too much, but you can't go in as a nine or a 10 either and start shaking hands right away and being loud and kind of the stereotypical salesman. So the, the energy portion, just honing in on the right energy, which again, to me is a seven is probably one of the biggest mistakes I see is just sales reps not being able to figure that out. Second would be just not asking proper questioning. As I talked about a little bit earlier, yes, no questions seem to just flow naturally out of the mouths of, of people. It's human nature. We want an answer right away and, and just to get to the next question. But in a, in a sales experience, you know, find out questions, assumptive questioning, just questioning to open up conversation. That's really the way that if you can ask proper questions, you can really take that potential customer down that path you want to take them. So that's probably mistake number two is just poor use of questions. And the third thing is sales reps just don't listen to what's being told to them verbally or even, as I mentioned, non-verbally. They're, you know, sales reps get so caught up in you know, their hearts racing and maybe they're nervous because they're new at it and they're trying to think of what they're going to say next and the customer in front of them is giving them the perfect clue. And maybe, it, again, maybe it's verbally, maybe it's non-verbally, but they're just giving them the perfect sign that, hey, this is going to be the great follow-up question you could ask to this or they've opened up an opportunity to, to qualify and the sales rep just completely misses it because, again, they have on their mind, I want to ask this question next. And so they just pass by. And so those are probably the three most common mistakes that I, I, I see salespeople make. Gotcha. Well, I'll tell you what drew me to the idea of, of getting out there and knocking doors was just the idea that, like you mentioned in, in the beginning of our, our call here, that sometimes people put an advertisement or a website out there and, and hope people call them. For us in the pet industry, I can't think of another way where we can so proactively go out and start generating revenue you know, on demand. Like I say, obviously, we have to get good at it and we have to learn the techniques. But uh, if you can learn those techniques, we can go out and generate revenue instead of waiting for it to come to us. So I was wanting to go out with my neighbor on some of his door knocking, but unfortunately, he's coming up to the point where he's going to Mexico for a month paid for by door knocking. So I'm going to go out on my own here soon. So Lenny, give me some advice. And by extension, the audience here, give us some advice on just last, you know, last words on motivation advice. What do we do to get out there and, and actually start making some sales? Well, uh, first, you just need to be trained properly. Again, it, door-to-door can be a horrible experience if you don't go out and have a plan. If you think you're just going to go out and say, hi, I'm, you know, I'm Joe and I do pet sitting and is that something you're interested in, in doing? I see you have a dog there. You know, if if that's kind of your pitch, then you're probably going to have some long days and some challenging days. So I would get properly trained. Again, my book, I think, is a great place to start. But uh, again, as with anything, as you're trying to learn something new, 
you have to get out there and get your bumps and bruises, cut your teeth a little bit on it, and, and just kind of figure it out as you go. You know, my first year knocking doors, selling pest control while I was in college, I didn't really have very good training, and I just kind of had to go out and figure it out on my own, and, and uh, it does, as we've mentioned, take, uh, take some thick skin. You do have to prepare for a lot of rejection at first, but it's possible. That's the nice thing, is I've seen, I've seen people come through the ranks that I've trained who have been, I look at them thinking there is no way this person's going to be able to go door to door and be successful. And lo and behold, just because they've worked hard, you know, hard work masks a lot of, you know, shortfalls in our talent. And so if somebody's just got that desire and they want to go out and work hard and just learn, you know, at every door, as I mentioned earlier, that's going to be a big part of being successful going door to door. Because quite frankly, not a lot of people do it. And so especially in, you know, in the pet industry, I really have seen very little, if any, uh, people selling pet type of services. So I think it'd be a unique opportunity to generate business that other people aren't capitalizing on. Yeah. You said something interesting. I always say to my clients in dog training, I always tell them that someone that has no talent for training but works hard will always beat someone that's very talented that's lazy. And it sounds like yeah. it's the same in door-to-door sales. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Awesome. Well, for people that want to get trained and want to learn how to do this, whether it's for door-to-door or just to improve their sales skills, how can they find you, your book, other things that you do? Yeah, uh, a few things. I, I've got a website, LennyGray.com. I have a blog that I update uh, pretty regularly, giving a lot of sales tips and skills on that. Uh, you can find that on my website as well as my book, Door to Door Millionaire. That can be uh, purchased on my website or actually on Amazon as well. Those are two great sources, uh, again, to, to learn a little bit about how, to me, door to door sales is kind of the armpit of all sales though, right? I mean, again, it's you going out 100% trying to create energy and urgency and, and create interest in something that maybe somebody hasn't thought about. But I just feel like if you can do that, you're going to be successful at doing anything else, you know, however you want to market your, your company and grow your business. So anyway, that's, uh, that's, probably, uh, that's probably the best way to, to find out a little bit more about me and what I offer. I've also got a consulting company that uh, I've partnered up with a few experts in other parts, whether it be finance or operations. Obviously, I bring sales to the table and we do some advice and some consulting in, uh, in various industries uh, just to kind of help boost business and, and increase revenue. Well, awesome. Lenny, thanks so much for the information you've given today. It's been kind of fun and interesting to learn about this type of sales that I don't think anyone in our industry ever does. So I appreciate you sharing with us today. You bet. Thanks for your time. I appreciate you. And for our audience, thank you for listening. Make sure to tune into PetLifeRadio.com and click on Six Figure Dog Business for all of our shows. We'll talk to you again soon. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.